0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best's Directory of
1: Recommended Insurance Attorneys.
0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brennan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney David Dodge from the McCatherine LLP law firm in Dallas, Texas. David is a partner with the firm and his areas of practice include insurance coverage and bad faith actions. He also handles business and consumer cases involving fraud, negligent misrepresentations, breach of contract, and violation of consumer protection. David also frequently presents continuing education seminars for claims adjusters, insurance agents, brokers, and producers. David, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. Today's discussion is on a pending case in which recently 41,000 retirees of Verizon Communications have sued the company in Texas federal court seeking to halt their employees' $7.5 billion sale of their pensions to Prudential Insurance Company of America. And Brendan Noonan will lead off today with our first question. Uh, David, how common is the practice of employers selling pensions off to insurance carriers?
2: Well, Brendan, this practice is becoming much more common. It's part of the growing trend in corporate America of de-risking. That trend also includes moves toward defined contribution plans. For example, your 401k plans and away from the more traditional defined benefit plans that provide fixed payouts to retirees. That's the kind of plan that Verizon had that they're converting to an annuity in this case. Verizon's move saves on plan administrative costs and gets certain level of uncertainty out of future benefit payments and gets that off the company's books.
0: Can you comment on ERISA law and some rules that companies must follow?
2: Sure. Two key duties that are at issue in the Verizon suit are the fiduciary duty that a plan administrator owes to participants and the duty of disclosure. ERISA section 401A1 requires that a plan administrator act solely in the interest of plan beneficiaries, and that's the nature of the plan administrator's fiduciary duty. ERISA also requires that a summary of material plan provisions be provided to participants. This is called a summary plan description or an SPD for short. So that duty of disclosure and duty of fiduciary duty are two of the key duties at issue here.
0: Now, David, we understand that the court has issued an order on the plaintiff's request for a preliminary injunction. Can you summarize the court's ruling for us?
2: Yes. In this case, the plaintiffs sought who are a group of retirees whose benefits were being converted from ERISA plan governed payouts to a private annuity contract. They sought to stop that conversion to an annuity, and they asserted that it was a breach of Verizon's fiduciary duty as a plan administrator to make that conversion, and also that the summary plan description had not informed them of the possibility of such an annuity purchase. On the fiduciary duty front, the plaintiff specifically claimed that the conversion would deny them the risk protections of Department of Labor oversight of the plan, and also. The security of having the Pension Benefit Guarantee Association back up those benefits if Verizon did not pay them. Now, they also claim that the change discriminated against the group of retirees that was selected to be included in the annuity contract. One element of injunctive relief is a showing of a substantial likelihood of success on the merits. The court held that the retirees could not make such a showing and denied the motion for injunctive relief. The court seemed most influenced by the fact that there would be no reduction in benefits to the retirees after the conversion. In other words, Prudential would have the same payment obligations as the plan had. Specifically, the court held that the SPD adequately disclosed that Verizon reserved the right to amend, modify, or terminate the plan, and thus had disclosed the possibility of a annuity purchase. The court also held that it was unlikely the plans would be able to show a breach of fiduciary duty, because the payout under the annuity was the same as it would have been under the plan. And the annuity purchase was actually a distribution of benefits, not an investment of plan assets. And third, that there was no discrimination against the retirees because their payments were essentially fixed. And again, they would receive the same payments under the annuity as under the plan.
0: Now, David, what obligation would Prudential have had to continue providing these uh, pension payouts, and how does this differ from what Verizon's obligation to former employers would have been?
2: As I mentioned, the actual dollar amount obligation is the same, so the difference is really in the governing law. Prudential's obligation is contractual rather than statutory under ERISA, which is what Verizon's obligation would have been. Now, there may be some hidden benefits here for the retirees, at least as to remedies for non-payment of benefits. You know, ERISA gives plan administrators very broad discretion to interpret plan terms, whereas the terms of insurance contracts are generally interpreted against the drafter here the insurance company. Also under ERISA, a retiree would have to exhaust administrative remedies under the plan before filing any sort of lawsuit. ERISA remedies are also very limited. They're limited to the amount of benefits denied and, if allowed by the court, the attorney's fees in seeking those benefits in a successful case. Conversely, under Texas state law and the laws of many other states, insureds and intended beneficiaries have the right to file bad faith and breach contract suits against insurers without going through any sort of administrative process. Potential recoveries include not only an amount of benefits, but also potential for exemplary damages and a more certain route to recovery of attorney's fees, at least that's the case in Texas. Also, there's generally no right to a jury trial under ERISA, whereas that right is generally retained under state law.
0: Have you seen similar issues in Texas, and is this potentially a national issue?
2: Well, this is definitely a national issue. GM also recently purchased an annuity to fund its pension plan obligations to tens of thousands of its retired salaried employees. Now, GM also provided a lump sum payout option before the conversion to its retirees, but several other employers are also reported to have offered retirees a lump sum payout option in lieu of continued retirement benefits, Payouts under their plans. You know, corporate America is sitting on a lot of cash and they're looking for ways to obtain greater certainty regarding future costs. This type of conversion also relieves companies of the fiduciary duty to manage their retirees' money under the ERISA plan.
0: David, are there any other matters insurance companies must be aware of moving forward?
2: Well, I think certainly the increased risk of state law lawsuits without the commensurate ERISA protections that the plan would have is certainly, uh, I think, a concern. You know, and corporations are transferring these risks for a reason. Insurance carriers are perhaps in a better position to manage the assets in order to ensure continued payouts that are due under the plan, but with an ever-increasing trend of converting the risk of pension benefits to annuities, I think that actuaries will need to be on their toes in the future.
0: Okay, David, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. That was David Dodge from the law firm of McArthur LLP in Dallas, Texas special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to our producer Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message.